Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, friends. I'm Ashley Kramer. And I'm Brittany Labby. And this is More Than a Season podcast. With the help of men and women across all sports and levels, we dive deep into the highs and lows of the sports industry. No topic is off limits as we discuss the struggles and stereotypes while celebrating the successes and community that comes with this lifestyle. So whether you're a coach's or athlete's significant other or just enjoy talking about sports, you are welcome here. Let's take a look beyond the season and get started with today's episode. What's going on? Hello. This is Ashley speaking. <laughs> is that your new voicemail? <laughs> yep. This is Brittany and welcome back. Yeah, welcome to our back. channel. We just we just have so much fun doing these interviews. We do. This one just kind of changed my life. <laughs> this I felt like we were in a therapy session and we're really excited to actually share this interview with you. It's with Ashley Levering. Her husband Jeff is a broadcaster for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, it's so interesting because there is, you know, this change going on, I feel like, within all of our generation and lifestyle, talking about just mental health and just, like, in general, that it's more open and you can talk about it a lot more. So we dive into, on this episode, bitterness, transition, all these different things, and, I mean, I feel like a better human after doing this. She is one of the most amazing people. I feel like we've we interview a lot of amazing people, so no one take this personally. But I feel like she just kind of gave us that sense of like calmness, easiness. When you're looking for somebody that's going to give you life advice, you want somebody who's calming. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's even more special that she has been through this lifestyle and she's gone through these transitions herself because that's one of the problems that I have run into when you move all these different places you look for counseling or you look for some type of mentor, but they don't really know what this lifestyle is like. So you're kind of explaining yourself of like, this is why I feel Mm -hmm. this way. And so it was really refreshing to hear her speak on just, she gets it. She does. She gets it. And you guys will definitely enjoy this episode. I was thinking about this when she was talking to, I mean, not exactly while she was talking, but have you ever heard of like a pet psychologist or like a pet psychic? No. Okay, so I heard about this the other day. This is not the same thing, but it's the same thing, right? Like you're talking to your pets or someone is talking to your pets psychically to figure out how they feel. I feel like it's an LA thing. I've heard of it when like (laughs) when your pets pass on and then they like reach out to your pets and they have this conversation with them about how they're doing or whatever, you know. And so I was listening to a podcast, Almost 30 Podcast, and they had talked to a pet psychic for her cats because she was about to go and get married and she wanted to see like how her cats felt like did they want to be included how did they feel about traveling and I just was thinking about that like even our pets need therapy (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard of that you know it does not surprise me it must be an LA thing because I've never heard of that at least in Texas but you know I'm not against it I would want to know what my dog was doing I legit sent it to Drew and said hey should do this for Paddington he's like no (laughs) I'm like why I really want to know what he thinks is he happy and then oh this is the other thing I thought was really interesting the psychic was telling them they were also moving you know getting married and moving into a new house or whatever and the psychic was telling the cats you know that you're moving this is your new gonna be your new house so that when the cats were 
you know, transitioning into their new house. They knew that it was their new house. I mean, how much of this is BS? I don't know. But I'm just like staring at you, like taking this all in. <laughs> how cool. Okay. So if you've ever seen a pet psychic or maybe a pet psychologist, I feel like Paddington needs some like psychology <laughs> over there. If you've seen one, please let us know your experiences because I, I want to know what, what our dogs do think. Right? I do want to know. And then the pet psychic was saying the cats could talk to them. They said telepathically. What? So then I was trying to talk to I was like Paddington we're talking telepathically and then he like turned his head and drew was like yeah he really cares about what you have to say <laughs> you know I do I think that I do catch myself if y'all are pet parents out there with kiddos or you just have a pet I do catch myself talking to Chip every once in a while be or at least to leave the house I'm like bye be back yeah, like I be do good I don't know I Carson always before we leave like if we go out for a couple hours he's like there's money on the counter for pizza if you need anything <laughs> <laughs> he says that but line. don't you feel like they understand you yeah they just kind of stare I don't know I think Chip would just have this like weird accent I think he would be British but I don't really know <laughs> I just think when I stare at him I'm like you would be talking to me like this. Okay, so maybe we need to do a, we need to have a pet psychic on here. That is nothing to, to do with this episode, <laughs> but. I just really wanted to throw it out there because I thought that it was, you know, along the same lines, but not really. Anyways, with this episode, we're really excited for y'all to hear her. She has some awesome advice about transitions in general and especially in the sports industry and how you can kind of claim that territory that's yours and have a more independent lifestyle and so without further ado, we will let you listen to this episode and we'll see you on the other side. Hello. Hey. We have a special guest. We have Ashley Levering here and we're going to let her introduce herself. Hey, ladies. I'm so excited to do this with you guys. Um, yeah, my name is Ashley Levering. I am a mom of two kids, a six and a three-year-old. I live in Wisconsin, um, just outside of Milwaukee with my family, and my husband is a radio and TV broadcaster for the Milwaukee Brewers, which is a lot of fun, I'm sure we'll get into, and I am also a life coach who focuses a lot on transitions, so that's that's a little about me. Perfect. Well, transitions are exactly what we all deal with in this industry, so I'm excited to dive more into that. But first of all, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So where are you guys originally from? Oh, gosh, that's a fun question, which in this audience, everyone can understand. We are from California originally. That's where my husband and I met many, many moons ago in 2004. I actually lived in Texas as well for many years before moving to California. But we have lived all over the place. So we ended up in Milwaukee back in 2015, but we've moved quite a lot. Talk about transitions. <laughs> and so broadcasting is something that we have not been able to dive into yet. So we're really excited to kind of hear about that world. What is his typical schedule like? What does that look like? Talk to us all about what the broadcaster's life is. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. It's funny because it, that's the question I get a lot. Like, how different is it from, you know, everyone who goes on the field and plays? So technically, he's part of the team and he does every single game, whether it's on the radio or on TV. And he's mostly radio. That's what we came to Milwaukee for. So, oh, gosh. So 162, 163 games typically in the season. Every single one he's there doesn't skip a beat. I think he's even gone when he's sick. So he... I mean, that's a different thing these days, but you know what I mean? <laughs> but 
Yeah. So it's, it's busy and he travels typically with the team. This is a really weird time because this is the first time in his entire career, which began in 07, where he's not traveled and gone everywhere the team goes. He's still doing every single game, but he's not currently with them, but typically he's on the plane. He's in the hotel. He gets to batting practice and goes down in the clubhouse and in the dugout and he's engaging and he's involved. It's, it's part of the gig to, you know, be friends with the team and be a part of the team. And that's how he does his job best. So he's, he's busy. Therefore we are living the dream. (laughs) I always feel like with broadcasting, there's like the voice, you have to have the voice to be able to do it. And so I want to know, does he come home and he has a different voice than what you hear like on the broadcasting? (laughs) What is the difference? Yeah, it's true. He would, he would say nothing changes. This is me. This is my voice. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, no, he, he puts it on, you know, a little bit more to get into the broadcaster voice, but I don't know, I guess typically he's pretty conversational in his broadcasting anyways, but yeah, I think he does turn it on and turn it off. And when he comes home, he's a little more relaxed. He actually doesn't really want to talk when he comes home because he just spent, especially, especially if we go into extra innings, he has just spent so much time talking. So I'm a talker. So I have to try and respect that. That's a fun little challenge with our relationship. <laughs> I don't want to talk now. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I think that that's super neat. I want to know basically with broadcasting, just for all of our listeners, what do you have to do to move up in broadcasting? Because I know that you don't just get given this role or be placed with a team with that much, you know, that high of an expectation. So where do you kind of begin? And then do you have to move all the time in the beginning? Or it's just always moving? What's that kind of look like? Yeah, great question. So it's a little bit like playing the game, because it's there's a very small amount of people who can have the role in professional sports in general, but in baseball, even smaller, how many people can actually have the job of, you know, one of, or the broadcaster. And he kind of went through the system a lot, like a player. He started, you know, broadcasting in college and just trying it out. And truly he did more public address than he did actual play-by-play. And because he played baseball, he didn't actually get to practice what it felt like to do, you know, baseball play-by-play so much. But when he finally got his opportunity, it was, you know, a combination of things So he did single A, double A, triple A, then major. So he really went all the way up through it. And when he started, it was a combination of, you know, being a broadcast journalism major and really learning the skills and then knowing people and just going for it. And he, he will say that he's gotten really lucky that things have just kind of lined up for him, but he honestly has busted his butt and he started in like the behind the scenes, he did a lot of producing and behind the scenes for other sports teams. Cause we lived in LA at the time and he just had these great opportunities. So it was all about connecting and a lot of luck, he would say. And the fact that he just kept getting better at it. And it's been fun for me to kind of watch the entire thing happen. We've been together almost 17 years. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. I did not know it was like being a player or like working your way up in the system. So that's really interesting to hear that. I love watching baseball. I played softball. And so it's one of those sports that I can watch on TV. I know a lot of people cannot, but I love listening to what these broadcasters come up with because I swear they'll tell like back when he was in second grade, he like uh-huh. ended up getting hit in the nose by a volleyball. And you're like, how did you know that? Like, how did you come up with that story? And so does he do a lot of research 
on the other side of it when he comes home and has to research the players I know obviously it's a lot of social interaction but does he do a lot of research based before that oh yeah absolutely prep is a a big part of his gig and I love that you recognize that too like listening to them tell the stories and you know what what kind of fun facts they come up with I mean think about a rain delay or extra innings like they really have to come up with a bunch of information so he thrives on that like the story is his probably his favorite part which is why I don't think he'll ever fully come away from radio because you have to be a lot more descriptive on radio than with TV. So the story is a really big aspect to him. So, you know, he talks to as many players as he can, you know, ahead of the time for the game and gets to know them because those, those stories matter. That's what people want to hear. So yeah, he does a lot of research. I would definitely say like uh, his statistics and his knowledge of the game and the things that he just packs into his brain. Like, I don't even know (laughs) how he does it. I really don't. But then the stories, you know, are fun that come up and he's fun to listen to. Like, I know I'm a little biased being his <laughs> wife, but the things that, that happen in his booth, especially being on the air with Bob Uecker, who's hilarious anyways, like they come up with the funniest things to talk about and somehow keep it PG. <laughs> That's so fun. I feel like that would be such a cool yeah. gig. I don't know if I could ever do it, but I I love it. I think it's awesome. So basically with, you know, starting out and dating and all of that, did, is this what the original plan was? He was like, I'm going to be a broadcaster. And then you went to school as well. So how did y'all just kind of shake out of like, this is what career we're going to follow versus your own? Oh, that's such a big question. <laughs> I mean, he wanted to be a broadcaster forever. And when I met him, that was very clear. You know, everyone who even knew Jeff Lundring was like, oh, he's going to be, he's going to be a broadcaster. You should listen to his voice. I mean, it was like a funny little <laughs> joke, but he was dead serious. He was on track. It was going to happen and he was going to get there. And, and that was so inspiring to me as someone who got to be his girlfriend, who had no clue what the heck life was going to bring at the time. I'm just like, yeah, let's do it. Like no idea, no idea. But to to go back to like that moment of, you know, when I really got on board or thought I got on board, it was just kind of neat to grab onto someone else's dream. And he was always very encouraging of like me and what I wanted to do. Like I studied, I studied abroad when I was in college and we dated my entire college four years, all four years we were together. And I watched him kind of go into this career together. And so I always had it in my head, like I know this is probably the plan based on the kind of person that he is, that we're going to follow this path for him to become a broadcaster. And I'm just going to go along for the ride. And I'm fiercely independent. I'm sure we'll get more into this. So I knew it might be a little bit of a challenge. Definitely more challenges were to come in our future, but like, you know, that's, that's part of it. And so much of it, I had not a clue, just no clue. <laughs> had no idea what I signed up for, which is the line he pulls all the time. Oh, you know, you signed up for, mm. Not really. I don't think any of us do. (laughs) Yeah, we hear that all the time from them. I feel like they're like, oh, you knew what you signed up for. And you're like, you don't know until you're actually in it, you know? No. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. I've talked to a few people who are in the beginning of it now. I'm like, oh my gosh, let me go back in time real fast and let you know like what I wish I knew. Yes, yes. (laughs) But you do, you have to do it for yourself. So we knew and we didn't know. So, so basically you guys have gone through a lot of different stages of life together, you know, being in college and doing the whole study abroad and then, you know, your career and then becoming a mom. So is that what started the base for your transitional life coach career now that you have, or was it something else or what kind of gave you that spark? Yeah. Spark is a good way to put it. I think it definitely came from the life that we've built together and the things that we've been through together when we moved to Milwaukee was 
the exact same time that I had become a mom. My, our son was born in October of 2014. He got the job offer at Christmas time and we moved in February and, you know, we have a little baby. So I've always wanted to help and serve, whether it was as a psychologist or a coach, like I couldn't quite figure out which path was for me, but it was a good that I didn't choose when I was thinking about it originally, which was honestly years ago, because I needed to kind of go through more life and see what happened and how it felt and, and, and I'll be honest, when we made all those transitions all at once, it was a game changer for me. And I went to a pretty low place and it was really hard. I knew nobody as a brand new mom. I had given up my career and it was my choice, quote unquote, but it felt like I had been pressured to give it up because his career, and I'm sure we'll get into this, was so big. And so, you know, the center of our lives, that's why we were there. That's why we made the move that I had to make a lot of shifts and a lot of sacrifices becoming a mom all at the same time. It was just a lot of change all at once. And so obviously then to now is, you know, almost seven years and there's a lot that's happened and I've experienced a lot and I've transitioned in, you know, several different ways. And I've seen a lot of my life kind of unfold. And so by the time I got to a place where I could, you know, probably wasn't the greatest timing, but I did it anyways, because it felt like time to me to start my career and, and have my own business because I knew I needed something. I knew I wanted it to be mine because having your own identity and your own independence is super important to me. And I am a huge fan of that, seeing like how far I've come and you know what life has turned into. But I finally got to a point where I just decided it was time and coaching you know, ended up being the better direction for me. And I had some control over it. And it's so funny because I decided to take classes and I became certified right before the pandemic hit. And I opened up my doors. I'm like, I'm ready for business. And then it was like, everyone go home. We were in spring training. So there was yet another transition. So it's just amazing how things happen. You don't know what's going to come for you, but I did it anyways. And I say that a lot in, in my coaching business and in my life, like you, sometimes you just have to do it anyways. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing all the, you know, the details and the, you know, the deep, dark times and then the coming out of those times, because I feel like sometimes this lifestyle can be glorified to some people when they're getting started. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, there's a lot going on Mm -hmm. to this. Uh, What's the difference just for our listeners and even my own education between a life coach and counseling or just all those different categories? Because with transitions, I mean, that is our podcast (laughs) platform. Platform is trying to help people through these transitions. So, what basically is your go to? This is why I'm doing life coaching versus counseling. That's a great question. I get that question a lot, especially when people come to me for the first time. And most of my clients are brand new to coaching. And so, of course, they want to know that. So, I'm a huge fan of both, first of all. I think therapy, counseling, and coaching are both very, very helpful. It just depends on what you need. So with coaching and why, honestly, why I ended up choosing it is because it's very forward thinking, it's very action-oriented, and it's very positive. And I am, you know, no matter what challenges lie underneath, I'm kind of naturally very optimistic and very positive. And I almost, I think naturally is probably a strong word because I've had to work at it. Like, you know, a lot of people who exude that kind of energy, but 
but I wanted to be a part of someone's life in a way that was positive. And like I said, the forward thinking, forward moving action. So like therapy, you know, you can really dive deep into the past and the emotions that come with it and like where the current stuff comes from. And I do a little bit of that. I'm not afraid of that. And I tell people right off the bat, if you need to dig into something because it's pausing you from getting past it, then we're going to talk about it. There's not a lot that I'm afraid of honestly. And I almost say like, I'm a little bit of a rebel coach. I do things kind of my way, but that's me. I've kind of done things my way my whole life. And so like, there are occasions where, you know, in a typical coaching relationship, they'll say, don't go in the past, like kind of stay away from that. Like you have to be forward thinking because, you know, we set goals and there's that accountability where I check in and say, Hey, like, how's it going? And I get to have that personal relationship. Whereas with therapy, sometimes there's a little of that space in between, like, okay, I'll see you next week. Whereas I'm, you know, halfway through the week, how's it going? How are your goals? So accountability is really big for that too. So it feels almost more hands-on, if you will. Like if you're a client of mine, you can't really get away from me (laughs) in a way, but you know, that's what you sign up for. So coaching, I just, I just love the vibe more than anything. And I have a lot of flexibility with it. And in this life, like I need to be able to work from anywhere on occasion and, you know, move my schedule around if need be. And I try not to, I like the consistency of it, but it's just so, I don't know. It's got a positive punch to it. I feel like we just have never heard of coaching really. I, my mom is a therapist, so I know the counseling side of things a lot more than I feel like the coaching thing is kind of more of a newer age thing in the past like 10 15 years Mm -hmm. I feel like it's really become more of a prominent thing for people to search for Mm -hmm. so how do I know I'm ready for a life coach or how do I know I'm going to go and search for that yeah that's that's a good point and it's funny because more recently I've been helping people with career changes which I really wasn't setting out to do but it's, I'm using that as an example because someone will come to me and be like, I really want to quit my job. I have no idea how to do that, but I am ready. And I will hear like words that, you know, say pretty much exactly that. So it's a, it's a lineup in the relationship of, you know, I would love to coach you and help you through this transition. Cause that's what I do. I basically take someone from a to B. So if they're in, you know, a job they hate and they want to quit it and move on, then I will help them do that. And if they're ready to do that, we're going to have a successful time doing it. But, you know, it's hard for me, you know, to, to help someone if they're not there. So it's, it's really an unknowing from the person within, like, I'm going to call you because I'm ready. So by the time they get to me, it's, I just need help figuring this out, but I know what I want to do. And sometimes we discover that they want to do something completely different. I do a lot of exploring. I ask a hundred million questions. That's one of my things. And a lot of people come away with it and they're, oh my God, I never even thought of that. Or I hadn't considered that as an option, or I had no idea I wanted to do that, but I knew I needed something like they can feel it. And, um, and I can usually pick up on that in my first, like I do a discovery call before everybody. And I can usually tell, I'll even say the words, like you're ready for a change, aren't you? And they'll say, yeah, I really am. Like they're just that ready. Just thinking of all that and just trying to apply what you just said to our industry that we're in. I think that one of, and Brittany can agree or disagree with me, but one of the main topics that we get asked all the time is during that transition period is how to grab 
grab a hold of that bitterness that resides inside when you're moving and doing all these things Mm -hmm. and sacrificing and have the kids at home and he's doing his job. And so with that transition, what is just like one or two tips of how you have found that with each transition, how to handle that bitterness? Yeah, that's a great question. It's so funny because I don't think I even addressed like we've moved several times. We've had, you know, he's had offers that we've had to make like big decisions to say no to or say yes to. It's been really interesting and trying to honestly have our world revolve around his career and yet having my own thing. And I think that was my biggest mistake. And when I talk to people, women, especially in kind of in my shoes or like, you know, who are with an an athlete in particular at the beginning of this, you know, one of my biggest mistakes I always tell people is I let myself go. Like I, I lost my identity. I, I said goodbye to her a little bit because I thought I had to show up for my husband and be, you know, everything he needed me to be for his life and his career. And I just kind of gave everything to his life and his world. And my life was his life. And I think I got to a point where I was mom and wife and the rest of me was kind of just hanging out in the wings. And so my big mistake was that I didn't hold on to something that was entirely mine. And that was really important, you know, but it took me a long time to figure that out. But, but we do, we, we give and we give and we give because we think we're supposed to, there's this hidden rule. That's not so hidden that we're supposed to sacrifice, you know, like it's this, thing that looms over us. Like it's their big, big job. And you're here to be supportive. Yes, but it's a partnership. They're supposed to be supportive of you too. So, you know, in all the transitions we've been through, I think had I held on to me a little bit better, you know, knowing my husband, no matter what was always going to be super supportive, it would be challenging. It's always challenging to try and figure things out. But if I find me in the mix of it all, it's worth it. And I suppose uh, I'll tell you this little story. My mother-in-law years and years ago, (laughs) she came to visit us when we were living in California. And I was still living in Newport Beach, at the beach, having my first job out of college, getting paid way too much at 22. This was before Jeff, (laughs) before Jeff and I were even engaged. He had asked me to move with him to Springfield, Missouri. That was his first, you know, step. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the, the ocean's right there. <laughs> and that was my first decision to make like, okay, all right, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to commit to this life, I have no idea what this looks like, but I'm going to do it because I was so, you know, ready to be his partner forever. And his mom and I are walking on the beach and she goes, you know, it's going to take a really strong woman to be with my son because he's going to go places and it's going to be hard. And I just looked at her almost like I was accepting that challenge. Like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I got this. I got this, you know? (laughs) So I I wasn't naive to the fact that it would be tricky and that we would have to get over some hurdles, but I was naive to the fact that I I didn't have to give myself away for it. So in, in every little step along the way, I guess if it's advice or a tip is to hold on to something that's yours and you can still be tough and, you know, sacrifices and challenges are going to come up, but it can be worth it. That's so important. I feel like all women in this industry struggle with that because you do, you have this like unsaid thing of it's their career and they have the better chance of like making it big or bringing in the money. And, you know, at the end of the day, we can say it's not about money, but of course, Sometimes it is. And we've just had, you know, the honor to talk to a lot of women that are really independent and strong. And I think it's just also giving other women 
that maybe need a little extra push that inspiration of like you can still have your own thing and be their support and be amazing at both so Mm -hmm. what was the bigger transition for you was it giving up your career and kind of going with him to small town Missouri (laughs) or was it being a mom and and making that transition yeah I mean that's hands down the biggest transition I've made in my life so far moving was like no big deal before kids because I'm a little bit of a nomad myself. I like, you know, being in different locations and I like change of scenery and I I like traveling, like all of that was really ready to go. So, you know, and I moved away from home when I was 18 and we had moved as a family. So that was never really the big, big transition. Becoming a mom was huge for me. And I'll tell you this story, talk about going deep and dark, but we lived in Massachusetts right before I got pregnant with our first kid. Jeff was with the Red Sox AAA, the Pawtucket Red Sox. And we had been married for like maybe a year. And we're sitting in our master bedroom, sitting in the corner chair, which later became the rocking chair for both our kids. And Jeff's like, I'm ready to have kids. Are you ready to have kids? And I just started bawling. <laughs> I just like sat in the corner and just <laughs> And I couldn't even speak for a minute. And he finally was like, what is it? What? what I thought you wanted kids. I'm like, I want kids, but I'm going to be all alone. Mm-hmm. So like not even knowing what it was going to be like to transition into motherhood, I knew that it was going to be hard because we were on the East Coast. All of our family was everywhere else at the time. And I just thought immediately, oh my gosh, I'm going to be by myself. Well, then of course, you know, becoming a mom had its own challenges because I had no support beyond him and, you know, family was away. So transition into becoming a mom was really hard. And I almost am not sure if I was in a place where I could have had anything else, you know, that was mine at the time because we immediately moved and I was in transition yet again. So it was a lot of transitions all at once <laughs> while becoming a mom. So I don't even know if I had a fair chance <laughs> to, to feel what it's like, but you know what? This happens all the time. You think about players and coaches, like families who have babies and like during the season, during a trade, during a move, like, so it's one of those things Like I can at least relate to that because we did essentially the same thing. We were all, our life uprooted right after becoming a mom. And so that was enough of a transition of its own. So when I talk more and more to women in our, in the sports world, you know, one of the things I gravitate to is helping someone in that transition of becoming a mom during a season or during, you know, this life that we live in, because it's even more challenging and has its own different kind of flavor of challenge, if you will, rather than, you know, a typical situation. Ashley and I don't have kids yet. And to be a hundred percent honest, I am worried of that exact reason. And that's, you know, a a thought in the back of my head. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. even know if I want kids because I don't want to be alone and doing this on my own. And, and, you know, and I know a lot of women out there feel the same way. And of course it's kind of one of those things Mm -hmm. where like, you're never going to be ready. It's going to happen and you're Mm going to figure it out. But if you could tell somebody like a tip or something that you've learned, if you're like ready to start having kids and like having that moment, what's a tip that you would give them? Oh, and I can understand that fear of how do we do this? Because I felt it. But now like in hindsight, yes, I'm able to kind of zoom out. One of my clients taught me that. I love it. I use it all the time. When you zoom out, you kind of look in and see what your life looks like. It's totally fair to be afraid of that step in this kind of lifestyle, but What I would say is, A, you don't have to do it alone. You can lean on 
your friends and your family, the family. I always say, if you're going to become a friend of mine, wherever we live, you're like your automatic family because I don't have any. So come and bring in the hugs because we're, we're family now. Beca- because I felt immediately like, well, nobody understands this lifestyle. So I need to do this by myself. Big mistake. You know, you can do this simply by asking for help, accepting help, reaching out to people, people right there in your team you know, especially women who are already moms are going to want to be there for you. And you have to allow that to be part of the experience. So you don't feel like you're all by yourself and it is possible. You can do it. I Mm -hmm. promise you that. And there is, there's some serious joy in getting to bring my kids to the game and go see daddy. And that's very cool. Like my kids will know nothing else. They will have, they will grow up in a ballpark. And, and on the basketball court, cause my husband does basketball in, in the off season. So there, we don't really get an off season. <laughs> it's, it's consistent. It's constant, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's totally fair to fear it. It's a, it's a totally different thing to do a lot of the parenting on your own. But what's really nice is that, you know, if you get it right, your partner, when he comes home is going to lock in and, and be engaged and be present because it's that much more meaningful. Their time is that much more limited, but you don't have to do it by yourself. And I wouldn't recommend it because I tried that. <laughs> yeah. I think that is just such a valid fear. I mean, I have yeah. that fear too, that Carson and I talk about all the time. I'm like, I just don't know what I would do. Like if I went to somewhere like in the middle of nowhere and knew no one, but your point exactly is there is people and you have to make the effort and to put yourself Mm -hmm. out there to ask for help. So I think that is very important. And I do want to know, so with the industry, I'm going back to the bitterness because Mm -hmm. we get asked about it it. all the time. I mean, it is a high, hot topic. (laughs) Yeah. So I just, I want to know if you were to give our listeners a tip about just that bitterness of staying home with the kids all the time and how to work through that because I feel like as women even I don't know I guess men do it too but when you sit there and you're by yourself in that house for long periods of time during the season you go down this rabbit hole and I don't even have Mm -hmm. kids but I do it Mm -hmm. I go down a rabbit hole and then by the time I'm like I'm just never gonna do anything and it's just like this (laughs) awful thing so I want to know what do you what do you suggest for people that are home alone with the kiddos oh gosh yeah I mean it's understandable like you know that resentment bitterness comes up because we pour and pour and pour into them and then you know with kids especially we're on our own I'm not gonna lie it's something I struggle with you know, still from time to time, it's a lot better because it's all about perspective. And this is, you know, one of the things I, I stress with friends of mine, you know, who are in the same position as I am, or, you know, with my clients and such as, you know, it's how you look at the situation as a whole. I will, ha- will be home by myself and I'll have moments of, oh, if he was here right now, then this would be easier if, you know, and I'll try and catch myself. I do it all the time. I have these moments where I'm like, if, the, if he was here, this... I suppose this would be my tip is I have to look at it as this is how it is. He's not choosing to be away from us. He's not choosing baseball over us. That's not fair to say that, you know, that's, that's how it is. It's not that black and white. If he could have it both ways, he'd be home as much as possible and have his career. But this is the schedule. And baseball is insane (laughs) because it's three plus hour long games and 162 plus, plus, plus games. And it's, it's just crazy how much time it takes away. And so I have to take, like step aside from myself for a minute and just be like, he's not choosing to be away from us. 
you're not being punished. You know, this isn't a consequence for no reason. Like it, it really is a lot about the mindset and, and staying busy. Before I had kids, I had a dog, you know, I was walking the dog, I was working out, I had my job, like I filled my time. And when he wasn't home, you know, I traveled or I saw friends, like I made sure to stay as busy as possible. I think it's awesome that you guys are doing this podcast because hello, something of yours, you probably have a blast doing it. It's vital to, to do your own thing and fill that time. But in those moments where you're like, gosh, dang it, you know, this is all about them. It is such a mind set. It's like a mental workout to remind yourself that this is how it is. And you don't have to be mad about it. You can take the best of it and enjoy all of the perks and the goodness of it. And when it's hard, you know, it's just a matter of, of shifting perspective and grabbing on to, you know, all the moments that you do have and taking advantage of, of what you can, you know, when it's, everything's more valuable and more precious when you have less time. For me, at least, you know, we have, we have such little time to really be a family that it's just that much more meaningful. So I remind myself of that. Like when he is around, like today, like he's here right now, hanging out with the kids and I get to hang out with you guys doing my thing, you know? So there's, there's balance, you know, it kind of comes out, you know, in, in the little ways, but you have to recognize that you have to be able to pay attention when something's going well. And when something doesn't feel like it's going well, maybe it actually is. And you're, you're, you're clouded with, you know, some negative thoughts. That's so important. I feel like mindset is everything, you know, and in, mm-hmm. in everything, not just in the sports world, like you have to have a positive mindset. Otherwise, you're going to dig yourself into those holes. So with For that, sure. <laughs> giving someone <laughs> who's just starting out in this journey, or maybe if you were to go back in time and tell yourself when you were just starting out in this journey, one thing that you've learned, what's something that you would say? Don't try and control so much. It's not possible. (laughs) Well, and, and, and something, you know, I try and remind myself too is, you know, sometimes if you don't have expectations and you don't try and control things, it's even better than what you might try and make it, you know? So truly, if I could go back in time, I would give myself two pieces of advice don't try and be so controlling and don't do it by yourself, you know, reach out to people and being, being alone is hard enough. Yes. That's, yeah, great that's a really good answer. And um, we appreciate you coming on and just chatting all the things. I think that it's so important just with mental health and just having these conversations out loud and just making it more normalized. So we appreciate you just sharing all of the things. Yes. And where can everyone find you if they're interested in, in learning more about coaching and maybe diving into that route? Where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. My coaching business is called ABL Life Coaching and it's just ablifecoaching.com. I'm also on Instagram, ABL Life Coaching and Facebook. And I'm really, I live on Instagram. Is how I found you girls through our baseball life too. So it's nice to be connected and I help more and more people in the industry. So helpful is, uh, is my thing. So thank you for letting me uh, come join you girls. Thank been you good. so much. And we will include all of her information in the show notes, but thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on more than a season podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at more than a season podcast for the latest updates. If you enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.